When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, all you beautiful people out there today. Welcome into the CHGO Bulls podcast brought to you by Draft Kings. Use that promo code CHGO. Football season is on the way. It's time to get those bets in, ladies and gentlemen, for real this time. I am Big Dave. Follow me at Bow Sports. Bow. That is the adult in the room, Will the Go Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb. On the ones and twos, Texas own. Joey Spathis, congratulations on the victory, sir. Thank you. Rice. Welcome. Congratulations to you. But the man of the hour with the soul power is over here sitting in the middle right now. The legend himself, Bulls radio play-by-play announcer. You can check him out with Bill Whittington doing the Bulls games during the regular season and playoffs. On the score, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Chuck Swarski. By the way, I did not coordinate this. This is not... Burnt orange. Let me tell you something. Longhorns. This is close. This is smooth though, Chuck. I'm gonna tell you right now, man. That polo is legit. Thank you. It is definitely legit. It used to be red, but I wore it so many times it faded in the washer. It's still a polo though. It's it's, still a polo. It's still a polo, man. And it's 97 degrees, and I love it. And the jeans, yeah. That the 97 degrees plus the jeans. Yes. It's working. It's See, I, I I had no idea about the dress code. Here. We keep it extremely. Yeah, I told you. I, told I know you, you no told me code. no dress code. No dress code. Uh, but I didn't understand what that meant. So <laughs> I'm thinking like, what's up with that? So I decided, okay, I'm gonna like cop out and just wear jeans. Okay. Well, I All hope right. you stay cool during the show because yeah, it is you. hot in the studio right now, Dave. If you I'm mean, feeling for you. He's oh no, his, I'm fine. Listen, child, I got that fan it. here. I have the mini AC unit blowing right here. If you want to hit it at you, you can just let me know. I will it's quickly turn it that very way nice. for you. Very nice. I like it. I'm doing all right over here right about now, sir. But outside is a little bit sweltering, sweltering but I ain't going to worry about it. I'm over here with Chuck Swirsky. So, so, Will, do you bring the Larry O'Brien trophy with you wherever you go? I carry wherever I go. <laughs> I, I, was I brought it with me on vacation. Okay. Just inquiry I sleep with it. Because I, I just, championship or bust, you know? <laughs> Honey, we're home. <laughs> That's how you oh, roll, man. Thank you. You know, I wanted to ask it's so, it's so many things I always want to ask you, man. Anything. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to go back a little bit when you were calling games in Toronto, because you yeah. had one of my favorite calls ever, which was the Mo Peterson Mo Pete. buzzer beater. Because that was honestly my first time and probably everybody's, you know, first time like on the, the one national where he stage. threw the ball up yes. and then Michael Ruffin. Yeah. Yes. Oh my and every God. time I, I see didn't know Michael you were, Ruffin, that was, your call? That was his call. Him. Yes, it was his. And... I, what would, how genuine was that reaction? Because I believe you were like, I, well, I don't believe what I saw. And the onions, baby, onions yeah. came out. The first so time we had all that. A little background on that. If you watch the tape, if you go on YouTube and you see the highlight of that game, it was Washington at Washington with the Raptors and Wizards. Eddie Jordan is the head coach of the Wizards. And if you see the play develop, where miss free throw and then all of a sudden ball thrown down the floor. Eddie Jordan is walking to midcourt to shake hands with Sam Mitchell saying, hey, <laughs> you had a good game, but we won, goodbye. And then Michael Ruffin inexplicably just threw the ball up and then Mo Pete came down and boom. And, you know, the thing is, Mo Peterson was a left-handed shooter. Yes. He did everything left-handed. It's amazing. One day I asked him, I said, Mo, do you ever use your right hand? Do you eat with your a fork with your right No, everything's left. But he is a great guy, number one, even though he went to Michigan State. <laughs> and so I'm just saying that that was a miraculous shot. Yeah. Was that the, the onions, baby, onions? Like, yes. that was our first time hearing it. How long had you been using that? Well, that okay. So, you know, everyone thinks Bill Raftery actually started onions. That's not necessarily true. The first time I ever heard onions was the late, great Ray Meyer. Mm. So we are doing a game, a DePaul game, and off the air, and this is before Raftery became a legend. Yeah. But so coach is looking at me, and he goes, yeah, that guy has onions. I had never heard that before. And I said, what? 
He goes, you know, onions. I said, oh, okay, those onions. And um, and so I started, you know, I went to Joey, his, his uh, son. Joey Meyer, and yeah. um, apparently Coach had used it a couple times. And then, of course, when Bill Raftery became a nationally known figure in the broadcasting world and started saying that, and then I kind of tweaked it a little bit, and that's where it all kind of started to morph into one. Can we pull that video up, Joey, or are we going to get fined by YouTube or something? Uh, no, it's everywhere. The latter. <laughs> it it really is. By YouTube. The Mopey. Yeah. Okay. But dude, it's, I just want, I just want the people to be able to know what we're talking about here. So if you can't, if we can't pull it up, you should go pull it up on YouTube. Go find it I'll, put a, I'll, put a, I'll put the link in the chat. Okay. There it is. But, dude, it's, it's, it's classic. Yeah, I've watched it so many times. Yep. And just hearing your voice, like I said, I was my first – yeah, uh, uh, initiation to you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, who's this guy? I was like, and, wait, he's calling Bulls and, games now? And the Raptors won in overtime. The game was sent to overtime. And, <laughs> of course, how it always occurs, we had a back-to-back. Of course. In Toronto the next night. Of course. And uh, But it was an unbelievable game. It yeah. really was. Do you <laughs> look at it? Oh, do you prefer? <laughs> I can't believe I still can't believe that. Dude, I, it was crazy. Like, oh my gosh. walking to half court to shake hands, coaches, like, yes. everybody thought it was over. Dog. Everyone thought. He just did that. You, you've done TV and, and you've done yes. radio. Do you prefer one to another? And I, I ask that because guys like Lynn Casper yes. have gone back to radio because he was like, I just really enjoy radio, even though he was awesome doing the Cubs. Yes, he was. Uh, broadcast, play by play. He does play. a great job. But he loves radio. Do well, you there are two, two different vehicles altogether regarding the art of play by play. Number one, baseball lends itself, in my opinion, to radio. If I were a okay. play-by-play baseball announcer and someone said, would you rather do TV or radio? 100% radio. Because radio with baseball is storytelling. Now, when I filled in for Hawk like seven years ago and I did three years before Jason arrived of filling in, I relied on Steve Stone. Basically, we did a radio call on TV, at least this is how I told Steve. I said, Steve, you are the star. You are a Cy Young Award winner. I am like Cy with a, you know, Joe Bag of Donuts. I mean, that's about <laughs> it. That I, I never, you know. Cy, G-H, Cy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so I asked him and peppered him with questions. And, and so, I mean, when the ground ball was hit to the right, you know, gobbled up by the second baseman, Jones, over the first, we have one out in the second. Steve, let's get back to you. Mm. And that's what I did. Basketball, with a 24-second shot clock, it's very difficult. And, well, you, I mean, you guys have been through NBA games, the, especially when D'Antoni was coaching Phoenix, the seven seconds. And I, that's why I want to work Bill in all the time. As much as I can work Bill in, the more I can, you know, pick his brain. Where on TV, you know, the picture tells the story. So that allows Adam and Stacy to go back and forth. And they don't need to do a classic play-by-play. Right. You know, where it's like, you know, over the timeline, 16 on the clock, bulls up by four with 313 to play. No, I mean, they, the, the screen tells the story. They, you know, they've got the... the um, uh, they've got the score, they've got the time, they've got everything going on. So that's really the difference. And that's what I always appreciated about you, because I always put you in the category with Jim Durham, who guys who I, can paint I, that's that picture. Very nice, but and I, but, but you paint Jim that Durham picture. is like, you know, I for a lot of young fans who never heard Jim Durham, I suggest you go on oh, YouTube Legend. or you can find out in this day and age with the technology we have. Yeah. He was a brilliant, brilliant yeah. play-by-play man, and he was also very good on baseball. People yeah. don't realize he did the White Sox. He did. And when I was at WGM Radio, we tried to get Jim to become the voice of the Cubs. This is a true story. Mm. We tried to get Jim Durham to become the voice of the Cubs because in 1984, after the NLCS with San Diego and the Cubs, Milo basically talked himself out of the job here. And so um, when GN and the Cubs were looking for an announcer, uh, Dan Fabian and I met with Jim Durham. And this, I've never told this story to anyone. Okay. We met Jim Durham at the airport at O'Hare in a conference room. And Jim lived on a ranch in Texas. And 
He was interested, but he loved the Bulls. But I think had the Cubs made a formal offer, it would have been interesting to see where this would have gone. But Jim was very loyal to the Bulls, very loyal to Jerry, very loyal. He loved the White Sox big time, and it worked out for Jim. But um, he was a great, great man, number one, and a tremendous broadcaster. Yeah. Do you have any other sort of idols or people whose game you modeled yours after, so to speak? Well, you see, I, I grew up in Seattle, so we didn't have, we had the old Seattle Pilots. They lasted one year, and then Bud Selig bought them, and they're now the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. But um, we didn't have the Seahawks when I was growing up. The, the franchise in Seattle was the University of Washington. And so the Sonics came in in 67 and, um, you know, I'm a huge Sonics fan, love the Sonics. They, we, you know, when I say we, the city of Seattle one day will get the Sonics back. Mm-hmm. And one day soon, I think. One day, yeah. yes, as soon as the new TV deal is done and everyone can agree on how they're going to split up the piece of the pie with billions of dollars, the Sonics are going to, you know, resurface with the same colors, with the logo, everything. Um, and then it's going to be interesting, is the second franchise going to be Vegas, which it probably will be, because I'm sure Le- LeBron wants in on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but um, as far as broadcasters, um, you know, Bill Shonley, who was the voice of the Trailblazers, was in Seattle for many, many years doing hockey, the Seattle Totems of the old Western League. And he did the Seattle Pilots for one year. And then he got the job offer and moved to Portland to do the Blazers. But so we didn't really have a lot of homegrown talent. Um, at, at night, when I was a little boy, we would, I'd get the transistor radio, and um, the, the San Francisco Warriors, Golden State Warriors, would be broadcasting, and it would shoot right up the coast because their station, KGO in San Francisco, had a 50,000-watt signal, and it would blast up. I-5 from Northern California to Seattle, and I would listen to Bill King. And Bill King was incredible on basketball. And then I got my internship uh, in Cleveland at NBC, and I worked with Joe Tate and Herb Score during the summer, and they did the Cleveland baseball team, um, now the Guardians, but back then a different nickname. And so, um, you know, Joe Tate was unbelievable talent as he did not only the baseball but he also did basketball with the Cavaliers. Jim, let me, and correct me if I'm wrong in asking this but you've seen or called every game Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. That's correct. Played. Did you have an idea early on of what T-Mac would be? Yes. I think we all knew what Vince yes. was but guys like me I didn't yes. know T-Mac was going to be that. I knew it. Mm. I can you- tell you that because number one he loved the game. Like Vince loved the game. Both of them loved the game. And in those days, you, were, you signed a rookie deal. It was three years, and then you were a free agent. Right. And when it became very apparent that McGrady had taken his game to the next level, and that started to come in his second season, midway in his second year. And looking back, you can look back, and, but really the Raptors – should have given McGrady max money. I think he would have definitely stayed had he been offered max money in his second year, but it was too late by the time the third year rolled around and everyone was on to Tracy McGrady. And it came down to Orlando, and it came down to the Bulls. And we'll never know the greatness of those two together because I think Tracy wanted to be the guy and Vince was the guy after his rookie year. But one thing about Tracy is that I mean, he was a first ballot Hall of Fame player. True. And, I mean, the record speaks for itself. He, was a, he wasn't a good player. He was a great, great player. And he and Vince, they didn't even know they were cousins. I mean, mm. one That's day they were just story. having a, a, I remember a, a, learning that. I yeah, mean, they just, were having a mm. general conversation. You know that person? Yeah, she's my aunt. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. And that's how they found out. Mm. That's crazy, man. And that's what – did you have a, a favorite Raptor? Because there were a bunch of great ones to watch. There were. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have favorites because, you know, number one, 
times have changed. But when I first came to the NBA, which was Vince's rookie year and McGrady's second year, we could get really close to players, and you could find out a lot about. I mean, I did 18 years of college. I did DePaul with Aguirre and Cummings and Comages and Rod Strickland and Kevin Edwards and that group. And then I went to Michigan at the tail end of the Fab Five and then the class with Tractor Trailer, Rest His Soul, yeah. and Maurice Taylor and Maceo Bast and that group. Well, when you are in college doing college games, you're there sometimes for recruiting visits. You're there to meet the parents, the girlfriend, whomever. In the NBA, I mean, this is, this is business. Yeah. This is big business. <laughs> So, I mean, I got to know Vince's family. I uh, got to know a lot of players. But now, I mean, this is, these players are corporations. And mm. it's hard. And listen, I, I have a job to do. And my job is to broadcast what I see in front of me on the floor. My job isn't to go, you know, clubbing with players. Number one, I'm old enough to be their dad. So, I mean, those days are long gone. But, you know, as long as a player is respectful, professional, kind, and considerate, that's all I want. And you know what? The players are. I've never had one issue with one player, not only with the Bulls or the Raptors, because I do my job. I've got a job to do. You know, here's a pregame interview. Here's a halftime interview. If I see them in the hotel, hello, how are you? It's not war and peace. You know, it's just (laughs) small talk. And then I let them go because, I mean, they've got lives, too. The last thing they want is somebody that's going to start asking and peppering him with yeah. questions. You know, that, that's not my thing. Yes, sir. Uh, we got a question in the chat. You guys can drop your questions in the chat. Also, uh, Joe, Joe wants to know, what's the toughest part about your job calling Bulls games? My toughest part of calling, well, number one, um, I'm very grateful and I'm very humble and I appreciate um, – the fact that I can still do this and that they've given me the opportunity uh, to do it. So I wouldn't say, I mean, the travel doesn't bother me. I still have a ton of energy. Um, I work out every morning. I try and get enough sleep and I uh, eat the right things. So, I mean, I love my job very, very much and I don't take it for granted. So really there's nothing about the job that I can look back and say, Wow, you know, we're getting in at 1.30 in the morning. I've never complained about anything. Wow. Is it, is it working with Will, though? You can tell me. No, well, I'll tell you what. When Will, <laughs> see, we have these Why? media scrums. <laughs> you know me, and, Will. <laughs> and, like, so Billy Donovan speaks at 5.15, uh-huh. and then the opposing coach speaks at 5.30. Am I right, Will? That's correct. Okay. And so Will is very thoughtful. Yes, he is. And he puts in a lot of. A great content true and he knows the game obviously mm-hmm. and he will ask questions beneath the surface not on the surface beneath the surface that and that's true. his job yeah you know but one thing is he's, he's very well respected and I think that he goes into a media setting without agendas but looking for answers to questions that are relevant Mm, I really appreciate that, Chuck. No, and I'm being very honest. And it's it's the same with you. Whenever we're in a pregame media or even in the locker room postgame, you can tell, one, how many people know you and your work. Anytime it's a visiting coach uh, or TV broadcaster, whoever it is, talking with you, asking you questions, you always, I think, try to get in, because sometimes it's like a college-related question or something like that, and just you'll get some really honest, good answers from coaches and and they know and respect you. Um, I'm curious, just going back to the the uh, Mo Pete thing because I, I just find that so interesting. And you know, this is obviously a Bulls podcast, and I'm curious about this team. Is there a play or a game or a playoff series or yes. something like that that maybe stands out to you as being a, a favorite memory, but also like a favorite call of your own? Yeah. Well, Will, I mean, when when I reflect on my career. And hopefully it's not over. Many, many good ones to choose. I, I want to keep going. Necessary. Yes, but please. the Kobe eighty-one game. Yeah. Oh. So this was a Sunday night, at you know it's been renamed, but it was Staples, and the Lakers are an above-average five hundred team. Um, not a lot of stars. They had Lamar Odom, but I mean they also had Chris Mim, Smush Parker. I mean, you, Smush. Yeah. And I like Smush, but I mean <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. like Hoops a star-studded star. team. Smush Parker and. <laughs> 
I think Kwame Brown was on that club. Oh, no, so, the legend. So here Kobe is, and it's a Sunday night. There are no A-list entertainers there whatsoever. And the Raptors are up by like 18 early in the third quarter. 18 in the third quarter. And, I mean, we had, like, Bosch was on the team. We had Matt Bonner, Mike James, Mo Peterson, Jalen Rose. Rose, yeah. And um, uh, Joey Graham. And so all of a sudden there was a play – and if you look at the 81-point game, there was a play in the third quarter where Kobe swiped and stole the ball at midcourt uh, right in front of the scorer's table and then sprinted the length of the floor and dunked. And all of a sudden, anyone who was, like, sleeping at Staples um, woke up, and the crowd went crazy. And then all of a sudden, you know, I remember during that timeout, I was doing TV for the Raptors, and Leo Routens, my broadcast partner, uh, asked me, he goes, like, how many do you think he's getting tonight? I said, I, I think he's going over 60. And then all of a sudden, every half-court set, boom, 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 he's getting to the foul line. And you can probably check this on the box score. I think he went to the foul line over 20 times. Mm-hmm. I think, sure. And if, um, I'll pull it up. You know, maybe you can pull it up. I think he only missed two, four free throws. Sounds he, about right. And... And so now he's at the foul line. He's got 79 points. And the Lakers are in front by that time, and they're going to win the game. And I thought to myself, and the crowd is going, 80, 80. I'm thinking, here's a guy at 79 points. And he's listening. He, I wonder how many, quote, unquote, pressure it is to get the 8-0. Because it looks a lot better than 7-9. Yes, correct. So he gets an 81, and then they commit a foul. And he's taken out of the game, and the crowd's going crazy. And um, Rob Polinka, his agent at yeah. the time, was my broadcast partner at Michigan. And right, I've known Rob right. forever. He's from Lake Forest, played mm-hmm. at Michigan, played yes, he the did. 89 NCAA championship mm-hmm. team in Seattle, beating Seton Hall. Came back, sat out a year, came back, was the third guard off the bench in the yes, Fab Five yes, when they uh, lost to Duke in North Carolina in 92-93. So I had known Rob, and Rob introduced me to Kobe. Oh, okay. And so after that, we did a couple interviews with Kobe with the Raptors after the 81 game the following year. Every time I, was, I saw Kobe, which was every game the Raptors played, the Bulls played, he always put aside five minutes. And we, we wouldn't even talk hoops. He was talking about things he's doing. Um, the last time I saw him and talked to him was the game here in Chicago at the United Center. And... Um, you know, I'm still in a state of shock that he isn't with us. Yeah. Because let me tell you what, I know he won an Oscar, but that was only one element of what we were going to see. This man was absolutely brilliant. And it wasn't like he turned the keys of the car over to, to the guy who did all the work on this book and this short story um, that earned an Oscar. Kobe was involved. Yeah. He was really involved. I mean, this wasn't, hey, you do the work and I'll put my name on it. No, 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 no. That's not how he did business. And, I mean, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that we never saw the second chapter yeah, of man. his life because it was going to be a beautiful thing. But the 81-point game, in answer to your question, a long what matter. That's why we have you here because you've yeah. got some great stories. No, well, exactly. I mean, you know, and then – 18 to 20 year. at the free throw line, by the way. What was he? 18 of 20. 18 of 20. 18 of which 20. is honestly pretty, it's pretty tame. That's lower than yeah, what I thought. Yeah, I, I thought it would it'd be, be like 24 of something. I'm just but. thinking about like the Donovan Mitchell 71 point right. game. Right, and year. I lived at the line. So yeah. then I went to see Donovan afterwards, and he goes, Somebody told me that, you know, and I said, Donovan, because I had, I bumped into Donovan when he was with Utah, and I wanted to learn about the, you know, the, how he came away with the jersey 45. Right. And, you know, because he's a huge baseball fan with Jordan wearing 45 in baseball. Right. And, and it, it's an amazing story unto itself. But, I mean, to, to do the Donovan Mitchell 71, which shouldn't have been 71 because no, he, he should have been called for the violation. Yes, yes he you should. Know, as he navigated his way in with the Freeze ball. Truck. You know, but whatever. And, and so, uh, I mean, to do, an, to do an 81 and to do a 71 is crazy. Insane, a lot of combined man. points. He was uh, 7 of 15 on threes that game, 
20 of 25 from the line. So wow. I feel like that really speaks and that to quarter the was amazing. Because yeah. listen, everyone, just like Kobe, everyone in the arena knew he was getting the ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, I they weren't even running plays. Like, I mean, watch the Cavalier game again. Yeah. They gave him the ball and they gave him about 35 feet away yep. and said, okay, do it. Yep. Just exactly how it do happened. it. You know what? If you're going to get fouled, get fouled. Yep. If you, you want to do a pull-up three, do a pull-up three. <laughs> if it was you, similar you know, to the – I don't remember exactly how many scored, but Damian Lillard, when they came to town yes. last oh, year, man. it was just like, yeah. give him the ball, Non-stop. get out of my way. Yeah. And he was, like, just dissecting yeah. everybody. It's just – and, lim- and at a certain point, Billy was just like, all right, get the ball out of his hands. <laughs> yep. We're throwing everybody at you. Right. You're not scoring. Anybody so, else fine? Hold on, Chuck. Let me stop. Let me stop y'all yeah. here because I do got to pay some bills. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me pay these bills sorry. real quick. My bad. And when we come back, we're going to continue this, though. No, we will continue this, man, when we get back. And plus, we have some Bulls questions we're going to ask Chuck as well. And a couple of more of y'all questions that you got in the chat. Make sure you hit that thumbs up for the one and only Chuck Swirsky sitting over here, y'all. Brought to you today by Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Get your ducks in a row because it's the grand reopening of Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep and Ram and Fox Lake flock in <laughs> September 9th and celebrate and get ducked out. <laughs> yes, it's that get ducked event with free prizes and your chance to win $1,000. Plus, during Jeep Adventure Days, get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models, the grand reopening of Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is only on September 9th. But the savings, just like Lionel Richie, are all night long. (laughs) Come on, man. All month long, too, y'all. They're all month long as well. Yes, find new roads and let those roads lead you to Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And also, Joey, I talked to baby Joey. He hit me up. He said you left your glasses at, at his place. He wants you to come pick them up. And you left some Texas stuff, but he don't want to deal with that neither. He's going to see what that's like. You going to get that from him? Yeah, I got to swing by his place. Okay, pick okay. It up. He's a kind person. Yeah, he just That's made, kind, man. Yeah. But baby Joey's one of those people who never understood. Never. Because he don't understand why you got to pay so much money to look so cool. Why do you have to do that? Shady Rays doesn't understand that either, so they went and did something about it. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers that world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you've ever put on your beautiful face. The durable frames, the extreme clear optics for your outdoor and your indoor adventiones. It's not a word. Not a word. Adventiones? Adventiones. It's a word? word. All right. right. The goat say it, then it's a word. That's what we're rolling with. Look it up. Stay in school, kids. (laughs) That's not all. Shady Rays offer what I like to call the Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan. Let's say you throw your hat in anger or joy. This way, if some glasses on there, they break in half. You'll be mad, but then you'll realize you can put them back in an envelope, send them right back to Shady Rays, and they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Or let's see, you see, I got Chuck Swirsky sitting right here, rocking some Shady Rays, looking cool as he wanted to look. And you say, hey, man, I want to look cool, too. Let me get those exact pair. And then you realize you can't look as cool as Chuck Swirsky. <laughs> then you realize that. But what you can do is the glasses that you bought, you can send them back and get you a pair from that catalog online that Shady Rays has, pick you out one that fits you so much better, and they will send you that pair. And as long as you do it within 30 days, it is for free, and there is no risk when you shop and they got your back. So exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving away their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code CHGO for 50% off of two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Joey? Ah, the Shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people because it's Shady Rays, y'all, where the Rays are oh so shady. I made Chuck's first. That was impressive. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Have you seen the clip, by the way, of Buster Olney interviewing the guy who reached over and with a a flat? I did not see it, no. Have you you seen it with the... Joe, have you seen it with the, the foul ball with like the ball? I know the, I know the, the guy the interview. Yeah. The interview. I did Maybe. see that. No, I did see that. That was crazy. That was amazing. That guy took over, man. Yeah, he did. I, that was his I, show. I want to party with him. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. No, that's real. Yeah, the son and everything. The I did not see the interview. I got to look that up. No, that was, play, it was, it was really was cool. It was like a Bartman. You know, yep. where the guy oh, I did over. see that. I did see that. The fan interference guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Now, and, and then they interviewed him. Yeah. He came back. Came back. Oh, wow. Great security there. 
if Bartman handled it as cool as that, he might not be Bartman. Honestly, that might dude handled be, that so cool yeah, and smooth, might be a man. Different I ain't saying he wouldn't have been yelled at and been taking the task, but man, dog, he'd be that, a good, was just be cool a good guest to have and, on. And you know what, Drew? Let, let's just say this: the thing, because you know, we just brought up Bartman. Mm. I think it's time to put this to rest. Mm. I mean, they they won a World Series. They did. All right, so this, gotta let it go. Yeah, you gotta let it go. They won, man. Just let it go. You the Cubs fan? You absolutely. You. I was yeah. ready to let it go years before that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he was on it, man. Looking for somebody else to blame. That's right. There's plenty. Just plenty to go around. Ta- have some accountability. In Chicago. I mean, In Chicago. Come on now. Yeah, yeah plenty of you, it. When, when I first came here, one of the worst clubhouses I've ever been were the Cubs because they, they had guys that were just like always like in a horrible mood. Mm. I mean, like, you know, Dave Kingman was never in a good mood. <laughs> I mean, here I am, like, I'm, I'm just right out of college. Introduce myself, Dave Kingman. All right, whatever. <laughs> you go to Barry Foote and you go to all these players and it was just a bad clubhouse mm. and and i mean I, I get it you know you're not winning and no one's in a good mood right but it's like you know there's one thing i've been in a lot of good locker rooms where even though you're losing they're still professional mm. you know because that's a part of being a, a professional athlete is that you deal with human beings you know with whether you're in the media whether you're staff and you treat people the way you would want to be treated mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. absolutely this is all true, Chuck. It's all real. So uh, let me get to uh, the Bulls real quick. Yeah, let me let me talk about the Bulls. Uh, particularly, let me talk what's going on with two particular Bulls in the FIBA World Cup right about now, man. To see what's going on with them, Nikola Vucevic and Carly Jones. Yeah, how about that? Uh, you see, those are their stats of of what they're doing over there. Uh, Carly representing the South Sudan, twenty points, four rebounds, ten assists. Representing Montenegro, Vuce, nineteen eight. Yeah, 1.2 assists with that 1.6 blocks is awesome. Also shooting pretty solidly uh, yes. from the three-point line. Uh, Chuck, you've seen a lot of uh, Carly Jones. Yes, I like him. Yeah, I like him I, too. I mean, obviously the guy has won the MVP. You right. know what I mean? I, and I will never take that away from anybody. You no. were the best player in the league. I don't care what league it is. You were the best player in that league. For me, that kind of means something. It's, but it feels like he's in a situation where it's just such a guard-heavy team right it. about now. Do you see him – even getting a shot to get into that roster, or well, do you feel his story happened somewhere else? Well, I mean, that, that storyline is not yet written. And I'll say this. Number one, he knows exactly who he is. He's very comfortable with himself as a player. Now, does that mean he's satisfied as far as that he's topped out? No. But I think he understands he can flat out score the basketball. And he plays with a lot of passion, with a very high motor, and you know, you always want to put yourself. Sam Mitchell, when he was the head coach of the Raptors, told me, "This is what you signed up for." He like when when Sam was in Minnesota, Kevin Garnett was a rookie, mm-hmm. and he would always tell tell KG, "You know, this is what you signed up for." So you know, there's a big difference and a huge gap between being good and being great. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good players in the NBA. How badly with your skill set do you want to be great? So when you look at a Carly Jones and you're saying, okay, like G League, role player um, at the NBA level, great G League star, but then how do you get from here to here? And in the case, well, he's got a lot of people in front of him, as you mentioned, but you want to put a coach in a position where you got to play him. Right. Okay. Where you're forcing the coach, this, this guy is too good for him to be on the bench as a fifth guard mm-hmm. and so I got, I got to start playing him because he can score the same thing with any player in any situation where you say I, I, I can't have him sit on the bench mm-hmm. so we'll see where this story is going but the Bulls are loaded you know you look at their, their depth right now mm-hmm. and you're saying to yourself probably your 10-man rotation you can already kind of come up with those 10 players right yeah Absolutely. And, and so, um, you know, I think this club is going to be definitely better. I think I love the addition of Carter and Torrey Craig. Mm-hmm. I've always been a Torrey Craig fan. I love Javon Carter from his days, not only in Chicago, but at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't play defense for Bob, Bob Huggins, Huggins yeah. you are not 
plane. <laughs> I've known fact. Bobby very, very long time. Cincinnati was like that. Well, yeah. he was in Cincinnati. We were actual, we were classmates. His freshman year, Stop he went to Ohio U. What? And he transferred to West Virginia because wow. he was playing behind a guy by the name of Walter Luckett, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And if Joey wants to call up the uh, Google Walter Luckett, he's out of Bridgeport, Connecticut. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in 1972 as a freshman. Mm. And the irony of that story is they went to Charlottesville, Virginia, Sports Illustrated. This is when they had one picture on the cover, not regional pictures. And Wally Walker, who played in the NBA and the former president of the Sonics, thought he was going to be on the cover for Virginia. Wally Walker, there you see Walter Luckett. And Wally Walker was going to be the next Rick Barry. Mm. Wally Walker thought he was going to be on the cover. And all of a sudden, he opens up the envelope, and there he gets Walter Luckett from Ohio U. And Bob Huggins was recruited from uh, Central Ohio. Mm-hmm. His dad, Charlie, was a basketball coach. And Bob Huggins stayed one, two quarters, and transferred to West Virginia. And we were in a couple of classes together. And he became a really good college player at West Virginia. And then starts getting into coaching under Eldon Miller um, at Ohio State, winds up becoming a Division One coach, and then starts making the rounds. And, I mean, he was a great coach. Yeah. Cincinnati, Kansas State for only a brief, brief time, mm-hmm. goes to West Virginia, and now, unfortunately, yeah. you know, with his off-the-court situation, yeah. is no longer coaching. Yeah, he was awesome at Cincinnati. Y'all remember he the Kenyon Martin teams, uh, Jason Maxfield, oh. also with that man. Corey Blunt. Corey I mean, Blunt, I mean, yep, sure was on that team. I can't that, keep up with you guys with the college players. <laughs> I mean, no, I've got space in my thing, brain for just if, the Bulls. Talk, I got you, man. If I got you talk you. to, like, Nick Van Exel, was a yep, Nick was on that team. Awesome, yeah, man. Awesome player. Ooh, peace. I'd say one more thing about Car- uh, what Carly Jones is doing. He is the first player in history to register 10-plus assists in three separate games in a single World Cup. Wow. The first player ever to do that. up stats. That's that's what he's doing, man. He's balling. One of the things that's kind of crazy about Carlique is that because he's not this, like, big name, you know, first-round pick, I just don't think there was, like, any coverage of him after winning G League MVP. So I, like, went up to him after he got the first – because his contract was converted from a two-way into a regular contract. Mm -hmm. And I – you know, he was, like, doing – uh, pre-game shooting around and as he was walking in the locker room I just came up to him and was like asking has has anybody talked to you about this like are yeah. people doing stories about this what's going on yeah. and he was just like no not let, really let me tell you what the G League is an interesting concept that I love it's been long overdue uh, you know we've had the CBA and we had the D League and whatnot but the G League now it's got some it's got some coin behind it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like the WNBA. I mean, they the women deserve to have charter flights. Not a I'm doubt. I'm sorry. That is a priority. Not a doubt. And so but like this summer I took on an assignment with the Canadian Elite Basketball League. 70% of the rosters are made of Canadian players. The rest 30% are Americans or international players. And we did a game of the week on TSM, which is the equivalent of ESPN mm-hmm. in Canada. There are 10 teams. The team owned by Drake in Scarborough, which is just a burb of Toronto, they won it. Mm. And they had um, like some really, really good players on their club. But I mean, they had teams from Montreal to Vancouver, and they got after it. The G League, my son is a G League coach with Memphis, the Memphis Hustle. Mm. And the whole, the, the whole responsibility of a G League coach is to, to develop players for the NBA. Yes, sir. Okay. They want to win. They want to make sure winning is a priority. But you want to make sure that Kenny Lofton Jr., who is a very underrated player. Gen Zebo. Okay. Gen Z. That's his nickname for him. Gen Zebo. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Gen Zebo. And, and you're right. It's I brilliant. like that. Yes, it's and, brilliant. And Chuck. so <laughs> they worked with him. He's got unbelievable mitts. Great hands, okay? Big wide body, very tough to defend. Loves that curl move with the shoulder and the mm-hmm. little baby hook just outside the semicircle. Mm-hmm. And so my son worked with him along with the other players. Memphis is loaded. Their, their, their talent development is unmatched. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, and you should see the next wave coming. 
I mean, they got some players. There's G.G. Jackson. Uh, Jackson, LaRavia, Roddy. Yep. Ravia. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that's why their, their G League team is deep and they're good because they've had multiple draft picks. And they've also now, because they made the trade with Marcus Smart, and, I mean, they're in a position now where Morant's going to miss 25 games. And, you know, you put in Smart. And I'll tell you what, when Morant comes back, Smart is probably still going to be in their lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And still having Derrick Rose there, too, yes. as well. And so um, my son TC worked out with Derrick last week and said he's in incredible shape. Mm, I believe it, man. And, you know, it's, it's kind of fitting that this – the circle of life in the planet of yeah. hoops basketball. Here, Derek, you know, in 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. takes Memphis to the NCAA title yes, game. Yes, he does. You know, and here he is in the twilight of his career. And Derek is all in about helping young players. Yeah. He is helping these kids in Memphis. You know, you want to work on your game? Here's, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, here's how you work pick and rolls. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. He is. He's special, man. Yep. We gonna, I'm going to take one more break, man. We come back, we're going to continue this conversation with this awesome human being they call Chuck Spurs. He's sitting over here. Make sure you hit those thumbs up, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know how you're feeling. Keep throwing the questions at us, man. We'll get to it. Brought to you by today, Sunnyside Dispensary. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season, y'all. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, easy ordering online and in-store pickup, and great transparent loyalty program called the Sunnyside Rewards. They have so many options. You got the Mindy's, you got Matt Peck's favorite, the good news, you got the high supply, and of course, you got the remedy. You got to have that. So through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop, use the code CHGO25, that's CHGO25 at checkout, for 25% off your total order, one use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers, though. Anyone can use that code. If you walk in with that code, 25% off is what you're going to get, y'all. So pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. It's Sunnyside Dispensary. Must be 21 and over or Illinois Med Card holder. And when you get that, you know, that thing you got to go grab is some of your Goose Island. You got to have your Goose Island on your Sundays. It's necessary. CHGO supported by Goose Island, y'all. Been Chicago's beer since 1988. That is the Jordan year. And they got a full roster for you, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the 312 Weedell. They got the whole Beer Hug family. We talk about it all the time. The full pocket Pilsner. But now, since it's going... In that time, y'all, Oktoberfest is on the way. The Oktoberfest Goose Island beer is here. Oh, get you some of that refreshing. So grab an ultra fresh beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town because it's Goose Island Beer Company. It's Chicago's beer, the true taste of Chicago. I got to get this Oktoberfest. Man, I want you to do my eulogy. Say it, Chuck. Say the word. Are you kidding me? Impressive. Impressive uh, ad reads today, Big Dave. Just taking them all on. All four of them just now. Solo. Oh, you should have been here when when Matt was out, man. I did them all week. Matt is out all week. Really? Well, I mean, come (laughs) on. I got wheels. We're we're in the presence of greatness. But do you see why I don't read ads? Because it's (laughs) Michael Jordan and... But I passed the Who's ball. Random player <laughs> on the I, I got a question for you guys. Walt Lemon. Okay, I want. I, I got a question for you. Do you think had Charlotte won the lottery, Jordan would have sold? Oh, that's a good that's question. A great question. I, I was curious why the news that he was going to sell came out before the lottery, mm. and I wonder if he couldn't have gotten a lot more money for him if they had won it. Um, that's a great question. So I guess my answer is no, just because the news had already come out. Right. But if it were me, and I'm, I don't really know what I'm talking about with, with regards to money and selling billion-dollar uh, enterprises, but that might have been my 
strategy. Might be your there. move. Yeah. I trust you with a billion dollar enterprise, Will. I trust you. I wouldn't. I, I trust you, man. You ain't spending nothing. <laughs> I trust you, man. But you're going to have good players. You're going to have a team, bro. And they're going to be young and they're going to be athletic. I, I still and it's going to be small. Drafted Scoot. Yes, without question. Absolutely. I, without I question. love Scoot. I still don't know why I mean, they I would have gone with Wemby without any question. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But Scoot, had I had the second pick in the draft? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. wonder, it's the kind of thing that makes you wonder, like, when it seems like everybody universally disagrees with the decision that a team makes, I kind of start to think, like, are we crazy? Like, what mm-hmm. are you guys seeing that we're missing? Because right. obviously you guys are the professionals. You know right. what's going on. You know how to do the scouting like you have all the inside information in terms of interviews and like understanding these people's backgrounds and families and all this stuff. What are we missing here? I think it was all Lamelo, to be honest. Like I just think they want to ride with him and give him an opportunity. Well, they get Max, so they're going to have to ride with him. <laughs> Come on. And Chuck. you know the thing is, you know, we talked about injuries and players. I mean, you know what? Melo's got. He's got to stay on the floor. Yeah, he's, he's he hasn't he's been healthy. He's been hurt the last couple of years. Yeah, he hasn't been I healthy, mean, man. We got to see you. You have to, sooner or later, and this is what I appreciate what Patrick did and Vooch mm-hmm. and Zach. I mean, you've got to have sustainable effort, not only like to show up every game, which they did, but I mean, you know, they had pretty good years. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Patrick Williams. I still think he is the key to this ball club. Without a doubt. Without and a doubt. I, I love Patrick, and yeah. I think he has a boatload of talent. And it's going to be interesting to see how this offense evolves and to see where he gets the ball, how mm-hmm. he gets the ball, mm-hmm. when he gets the ball in the shot clock, mm-hmm. and, um, and how they incorporate this offense. Because defensively, I'll tell you what, I think one of the best stories for the Bulls in a very tough, tough season was the fact that defensively. Unbelievable defense. You yes. can criticize the Bulls for a lot of things, but when I hear people talking about, like, don't bring Vooch back because he's not a good defender. It's like, did you not just watch them put together a top five, top five. defense? Yep. That was, by the way, number one for the entire second half of the season. Yep. With Vooch back there, who's like the most important defensive position is the center. I mean, like I said, you can you can be critical of this team, but like, right. have, be critical in the right ways. Yeah. That is not, that is not the right way. Don't go against facts. <laughs> and I'll tell you yeah. what, I'm glad Drummond opted yeah. in. I, mm-hmm. I, I love Drummond. Mm-hmm. As, as we were talking about before we started recording here, Vooch played all the 82. Yep. And hopefully we see that again. But if not, you have a very capable backup who can give you a lot of the same stuff, but yeah. also some different elements mm-hmm. in Andre Drummond. And also get out there and get those steals. That's an underrated part of his game. Yeah, man. He'll get you two steals he's a game. A, he's an yes. athlete. Yeah, he really is. I um, wanted to ask you about the point guard position because all the guards here. We talked about Javon Carter. Uh, Kobe White and his development, who I'm expecting a big year out of, to yes. be honest with you. Yep. Um, but the whole big debate is who should be the guy at that point guard position. Um, those are the two names that usually come up. is Kobe White, uh, Javon Carter, Alex Caruso, also yep. in the mix with that. Ayo DeSumo, yep. he started last year. Um, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth at that position, man. Is there uh, someone you're like, you know, I'd like to see that happen? Or... Does it not really matter to you who's out there? Well, no, I think it does matter. I mean, because it's just not, okay, we're going to pencil you in and, and you're going to be the point guards who he's playing with. And also the, your strengths and how this matches up with the other strengths of your starting lineup or your second unit. And that's why if you look, okay, let's get past Levine and DeMar and Vooch, and you want the growth of the offensive scale with Patrick where he – he gets more touches, and he's going to be more involved. You say to yourself, okay, who can, who can slip into that point guard situation, run, and, and you, you don't need to bring the ball up the floor. I mean, they've got guys who can, who can advance the ball over the midcourt line. But who is going to be uh, in a position where he passes the ball but also plays defense yes, sir. to the point where – you know, you know what you're getting. And I think Kobe, in, with the second unit, would get more opportunities to excel from an offensive standpoint. I think the same thing would happen with Caruso, who sometimes gets lost on the offensive because he doesn't get the rock. Mm-hmm. But with the second unit, he, he would. Yeah. And, but you also have the ability to interchange if you feel Caruso against certain matchups is better at the point, you put him in. If you think Kobe's, you know, but players want to know their roles. I think this is going to be a fascinating 
insight into Billy Donovan's yes. think tank yes. uh, over the point guard. So would you start Carter or Kobe? I tend to lean Carter for the reasons you mentioned. Um, I think the the defense fits really well into the success that they had with both Lonzo and Patrick Beverly last year. I think that is very like simpatico. And then offensively, the floor spacing, the ability to get threes up at a high level and a high rate, I think will really help those guys. But I think almost more importantly, and maybe even more importantly, to keep Kobe in a position that is best for him. He's jumped around from starting guard to bench guard, from off guard to on ball guard, and he's just had so many different lives in four years as yeah. an NBA pro. And we finally saw him really grow into his own last year in a role that was, you know, primarily offensively oriented, but he got to show his improvements defensively. And I just don't want to move him again out of a position where we clearly saw him succeed. I want to continue to let him grow in that role. And then once he feels like he can stretch beyond that, then maybe you're talking about right. moving him into a starting point guard role. I, I, I would agree with that. What and do you think, though, about the power forward position? Because you mentioned you love Torrey Craig. I do, too. I've, he was actually somebody that I really thought the Bulls should go after two years ago at the trade deadline when he was with the Pacers before he got traded to the Suns. Um, you've got questions about, you know, Patrick and his development. Does he have more opportunity on the bench? What, what's kind I, of your I think make you of start him Because from an athletic standpoint... And from a defensive standpoint, for him to lock into the, the best 4-3-4 four, four every night and say, that's your guy. Giannis, boom. I mean, okay, opening night, you see Oklahoma City. And you say to yourself, okay, like, where, what are you going to do? You want, you want Holmgren? That's your guy. Yeah. And, so, and he relishes that. That's the best thing. Like, you know, like, uh, and so I think personally, I think you got to start him. And I think Tory Craig, he's been around the block so long. He accepts, I mean, listen, from an ego standpoint, everyone wants to hear their name. Everyone wants to play 38 minutes. I get all that stuff. But at the end of the day, listen, he got, he got a nice contract, Tory Craig did, and he's with the ball club that he knows he's going to see significant minutes. And... I, I mean, you've got the Bulls roster in front of you. Okay, so let's say Billy Donovan, he played, what, 10 men a game? 9, 10? 9, 10. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so name me your depth chart right now for the Bulls. I would probably go Javon Carter as a starting guard, uh, starting point guard, Zach, DeMar. I'd probably go Patrick, but I could be convinced either way at power forward and then Vooch. And then behind him... People get mad if I say Cruz as a point guard, if I say he's say a Say what you forward. feel, sir. Say what you feel. I just named the, the best nine or ten guys that you play you've every got, game. You've got Kobe, you've got Io, you've got Caruso, you've got Torrey Craig, and you've got Drummond. I think that's ten yeah. that are that's pretty it. much locked into the rotation. Mm -hmm. Maybe we see some like Patrick and Torrey Craig playing back right. up four and five uh, with some smaller units or guard-heavy units. I think those are your, your ten best guys. And then hopefully you get some, something more from Dalen, from Julian Phillips, um, you know, from Terry Taylor, guys that are kind of at the back end of the roster but are young and have, like, clear skills that they can really develop and I think at some point really help the Bulls, the shooting being the key there. Can they get their jump shot to a level where those skills can shine playing next to a DeMar or Zach because they've developed that jump shot? And I think that's where it gets interesting, though, Will, because that small ball lineup, because you know it's going to come out, but I'm very curious as to who's going to run the five. Because you've got all these guards. The, what I kind of call the bins is like piranhas, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like death by a thousand cuts defense, you know? That's how they've always been. That's when they're at their best, when they're getting that ball and they're running. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who's getting it, they're out. But who's going to be that five? That's always curious to me because a small ball lineup is going to happen. I so is it going to be Patrick at that? Or, you know, who, who do you feel will run that? I think in like a positionless small ball unit it doesn't really matter like who mm -hmm. you say is the four versus the five it's going to be pat and tory craig together i think if they do that but the lineup i want to see there is those two plus javon carter and alex caruso who can just eat up anything at the point of attack and then one of zach or damar to be kind of like the primary offensive hub mm. because you get real you insulate that star player with a ton of good defense around him with guys who can shoot in patrick tory javon carter Russo can at least 
step out there and if he's shooting at a better level than last year, I mean, you're thrilled with that. So I think that could be just a really interesting curveball that we saw at times with Derek Jones Jr. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're going to need to get creative because we saw what happened at the end of last year. We saw the way that this season went in general, just not mm-hmm. up to the standard that I think they want to play at offensively. So let's try to mix in some new things and see what works. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Julian Phillips. Um, we had his uh, AAU coach on yep. uh, a couple weeks ago raving about him. Uh, yes. He feels um, his ceiling could be uh, Corey Brewer was his comparison as far. And he also mentioned uh, a guy I'm sure you know is Stacey Augman. Yes. Also mentioned him as a comparison. Yep. Uh, who do you see watching Julian Phillips? What do you see in the young man? And do you feel he has a shot at getting into this rotation? You know what? Those are two names that you probably took them right out of my mouth. I was going to say <laughs> Stacey Augman. Mm-hmm who had a really good, solid NBA career. Classic man. Fabulous yes, player at UNLV. Yes, he was. Running Rebels team. Oh, with, you know, Greg Anthony and Anderson, Anderson Hunt. Hunt. Oh, man. <laughs> Anderson Hunt could hoop from Detroit. Beast. And, I mean, Greg Anthony was yes. an awesome college Larry player. Johnson. And yeah, played, what, 10-plus years yeah. in the NBA. But Stacey Ogman was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Corey Brewer, the irony of it is, as you know, Corey Brewer, was high school player of the year in Tennessee. Yes. And then, you know, joins Billy Donovan with that great team with Noah and Horford and Green and whatnot. But um, I, I think he's got a shot, maybe not this year, but I, I really, I, I love the deal the Bulls made on draft day getting this kid. He is so athletic. He's NBA ready right now defensively. I don't think there's any question about it. Offensively, he's raw. And he should be raw, mm-hmm. or else you know because if he wasn't and he was polished, he wouldn't have been available. No, no one's gonna. And the Bulls jumped on this kid, and I love it. I think it's going to be very intriguing to see where Dale and Terry is. Yes, and where he's going to get time, because I'm sure he's going to get time in preseason. But this is you know this is an opportunity for him again, as we talked about making a coach have no other alternative then I got to play this guy. He's played himself in the minutes. Absolutely. And I think competition is very healthy, whether Mm -hmm. it's this show, whether it's my job. I mean, I never, ever, ever take anything for granted. I go into every game, and at the end of the game, I beat myself up if I wanted to call a a particular play better. Mm -hmm. Or I still listen to tapes. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this since I was a kid. And I still listen to tapes because I want to get better. I've never had a perfect broadcast. I I probably never will have a – oh, I can tell you I never will. But I think as every player, competition is really, really healthy. Because if you can't get better and and you're not competing against another player, you're competing against yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is what I try to tell young people in radio, television – Forget about the person sitting next to you in the cubicle or the person that's doing, you know, the play-by-play on a Thursday and you're doing Saturday and, oh, my gosh, I hope he fails or she fails. You don't want to think that way. You want to say, how can I get better? How can I get better? So to put the radio station, the TV station, in a position that this, this guy is too good, I, I got to find a place for him in my broadcast facility. To me, that's what it's about. Same thing happens with a sports team. You know, if you're a a baseball pitcher and you're coming out of the bullpen and you all of a sudden you find your groove, put it on the manager. Mm. You know what? Instead of bringing them in at mop-up duty in the eighth and ninth inning when we're down by five, six, seven runs, and all of a sudden this guy's been lights out, I got to put him in the sixth inning with the game on the line to hold the lead. Well, you got to make it tough on them. Got to make it tough, and that's I was I, that was going to be my last question to you uh, about the preseason, who you were kind of looking at seeing, but uh, Daylon Terry, obviously, you want to see. Uh, I want to see him, Julian Phillips, yeah. young man from uh, UConn. Yeah, and, and you know, I I think we kind of need to pump the brakes a little bit because I I think you know Billy's got to play these these players and get them ready for OKC. I don't know how much we're going to see of Julian Phillips. I mean, maybe we'll see. A lot, maybe we'll see a little somewhere in between, but I do think that I want to see Dale and Terry and see what we got. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, I agree, well, man. Again, he's still the young player, so I'm not ready to. No, it's time to see him, but though. I want yeah. to see him. It's time to see him. It's time yeah. to see what he has, ladies and gentlemen. This is the man, 
the legend. Chuck <laughs> Swirsky hanging with us, as we said. Swirsk. During the preseason and regular season, check them out. 670 to score with Bill Winnington. Tell Bill to come on I in, will. too. Tell I Bill will. to come on I in and hang out right with us, the show. Oh, man, love Bill He's Winnington. He's in his man. castle in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right, man. Thank you all for joining us and hanging out. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new show. Myself and the Gold. Follow me, B-A-W-L Sports. Follow Will, Will underscore Gottlieb. Joey Spathis. Wait, what's your handle again? At Joey Spathis. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Play the simple. Joey 1K as we call him around these parts. Thanks for hanging out with us, y'all. We shall return tomorrow with a brand new show. Peace and love to all y'all, man. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We out. Peace.